Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. This is Dalton. This is Matt. And we are recording uh, in the liminal space between Harvey and Irma, the the two very significant hurricanes that are uh, facing the United States. Uh, This is the days after Harvey, and we're preparing for Hurricane Irma to hit uh, this weekend. We're certainly in uh, prayer for those who have been affected and those who will be, but we thought it'd be a good time uh, for us to talk about the church's response in times of disaster and also how disasters affect us. And uh, just so happens, one of us happens to be the executive director of United Methodist Volunteers and Mission of the Southeastern Jurisdiction. So I think I'm just going to quit talking and let Matt speak for an hour about what volunteer management looks like, what disaster management looks like. Does that work for you, Matt? This is one of the ones where I have to do the talking? I'm afraid so, yeah, like all the others. Uh, let me go get a beer right quick. <laughs> uh, we're just cutting right to it. No small talk or anything, huh? I mean, I don't have any bad jokes like you usually do. Did um, you uh, enjoy the eclipse? I did. I did. We went, we were in the, we went to the, the, the zone of totality. Was it worth it? It was awesome. Yeah? There's this great Annie Dillard um, essay about how... Um, Comparing a partial eclipse to a total eclipse is the difference between kissing a man and marrying him. And now um, I saw that same. Was that like an old, like an uh, Atlantic essay? I think. Oh, okay, yeah, re- yeah. Re- re- um, and one. it was it was pretty crazy. Like nature is amazing. It got dark. There was a three sixty sunset for two minutes, and now like they have apps that use geolocation so that you can actually know exactly the millisecond that it starts and the millisecond that it ends and you can prepare for it. It was crazy. Yeah. I, I lugged out all my photography equipment and I think almost burned up one of my sensors on my, oh, no. um, but it, it's fine. It's fine. I think I got it st- sorted out, but, um, and then, uh, like a week before the eclipse, I went and bought a uh, cheap telescope, Okay. which I didn't lug up to the top of the building to see the eclipse. But, but now I'm just like fascinated of trying to, see Saturn and Mars and all that stuff. So anyway, nature, nature nature is amazing. Yeah. I'll get over it in three weeks, but, (laughs) um, yeah. Okay. So what are we talking about again? Hurricanes. (laughs) So Matt, talk, talk to us a little bit. Um, I I think folks who are listening to this as we put, as we put it out, will be familiar with these two particular hurricanes. Um, Matt and I both worked together at United Methodist Volunteers and Mission some years back, so we both have a little bit of disaster experience. But I wonder at the outset, Matt, as the executive director of that body, as you prepare for a hurricane in the southeastern jurisdiction, um, likely in, in Florida and Georgia, maybe Alabama, um, what's on your mind right now? Like, how are you processing all of this? Well, so what normally happens is we'll go in, parachute down, and so everybody doing the okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody doing okay? And they say no. Then we say, okay, well, we'll bring some more people in. And that's pretty much it. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you, you were around during all the Haiti stuff, right? I was, yeah. So um, a disaster is a disaster no matter, no matter where it happens. Obviously, we respond sure. to them differently based on where they are as a, an organization based in the United States. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was the director of communications there at Volunteers in Mission during the Haiti, uh, earthquake, uh, and in the ensuing days. And it was, it was devastating for Haiti. Um, we also, uh, as United Methodists lost uh, a couple of very important people. I don't want to privilege, uh, 
anybody over anybody else, but I mean, obviously this is my tribe. We lost the head of mission volunteers and the head of the United Methodist Committee on Relief in that, in that quake. It was a really um, difficult time, and the, the, the response to that earthquake obviously still ongoing, but certainly uh, took many years. Yeah, and, and I think, pro- I mean, I was around for, for some disasters, but probably my first kind of hands-on uh, learning experience with disasters firsthand was back in 2011. Alabama had a bunch of tornadoes that came oh, right. through. Um, and the disaster response coordinator, um, if you're not Methodist, this will mean very little to you, but our disaster response coordinator for the area was, um, he was hit, his house got damaged. And so I kind of had to step in and take over and, um, geez, I really hope I don't have to, <laughs> to do that. I mean, and let me say from the outset, like, I, I'm going to talk about volunteers and maybe share some horror stories here, but let me just say at the outset, most people, like 90% of people are so very nice. They, they really care (laughs) and they really want to help and they will do whatever they can to go out of their way. You know, I remember, actually, I remember, um, as when I was in high school, our house was, uh, damaged by, um, a really small tornado that, that came through the neighborhood. It wasn't bad at all, but um, but I remember my neighbors stepping in right after um, and, and helping us out. So I, I know that that most people um, mean really well and they do really good work. And um, but sometimes people just get a little too overzealous, okay, um, in their their desire to help. I remember one, um, after the 2011 tornadoes, if you remember right, this hit Tuscaloosa quite right. a bit and some areas outside of Birmingham. Uh, Tuscaloosa kind of got the, the brunt of it. Um, and I remember it, it must have been the night of or the night after that tornado tore through Tuscaloosa that I called a friend of mine who was appointed to a Methodist church in Tuscaloosa and kind of asked him what the lay of the land was. And he said, well, uh, we have a church over here who shall, shall remain nameless, non denominational okay. church, a uh, very large one that, um, set up, <laughs> um, and brought, what did he say it was? It was like three mobile horse stables, and we're doing horse rides. This is the night after the tornado tore through town. Oh. Giving horse rides, and then they had a big bouncy house going in. And that, to me, just epitomized just how people can mean really well, but just be so far off base in what is really needed in an event of disaster. I mean, Hmm. the fact that you would think... You know, these kids have had their homes torn through. They've lost their toys. They may have lost family members, but let's give them a horse ride. That'll cheer them up. I mean, it, it, it just seems to me so far from uh, anything they, they actually really need. But, I mean, that said, I, I realize that, that, I mean, 
they, they were well-meaning. I, I get the impulse to help. Um, just sometimes we get a little too overzealous and miss the mark in, in helping um, sometimes. Um, sure. So what this, what this reminds me of is uh, in the days and weeks after Hurricane Katrina, um, folks who are of age and, and remember that disaster, there was this great feeling I felt of helplessness, like I need to do something. And I had just taken a job at a church as a youth minister, and um, some folks in the church decided, let's take the church van, let's fill it with supplies, and let's drive it down towards New Orleans. And, like, the impulses there are all good. I mean, I want to, I think that's important to acknowledge that even um, the, when people get in the way, like, it's not that they do it because they're trying to cause trouble. And they, they piled the, the, the van full of stuff, in particular clothes, and some folks needed clothes, and that's fair. And I actually remember giving clothes to this effort, so I, Dalton Rushing, are part of the problem. But um, I, I, I then remember hearing for years, and, and I think at one point seeing, there were like mountains of rotting clothes alongside yeah. the road in New Orleans because obviously a church van can't drive through 12 feet of water. And, and so the point to me is that it's important to help. But it's also important to help, um, not in the ways that feel good to you, because you as the helper are not the beneficiary here. We need to help in the ways that are actually needed and are most helpful to those who've been affected by the disaster. Yeah, and I remember seeing the same thing uh, in in Haiti, actually. I got off the airplane to go to Port-au-Prince, and we passed by several warehouse buildings full of clothes that were just sitting there. Um, And again, well-meaning folks, but at the same time, I'm sure it was just kind of an excuse to clean out their junk and, um, you know, send it somewhere else where they can get a tax write-off for it or whatever. (laughs) But, um, and and so, uh, so here's, here's kind of what happens, at least from, from my side, in terms of managing volunteers after a disaster happens. And just to give you a quick rundown, so when a disaster happens, uh, the local community, which has been affected, they pretty much run the show. So if they need help, they let people know. If they don't need help, then they'll ask when they do need help. And... Inevitably, what happens is an office like UMVIM or other uh, um, uh, offices that manage volunteers will get calls the day of or the day after the disaster with folks saying, I'm on my way, I've got my chainsaw, I've got my pile of clothes, I've got 30 Bibles, just tell me where to go, and I'm, I'm almost there. And more often than not, you have to say, stop and turn around because you're just going to get in the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, to put myself in their shoes, right, to, to really want to help and then to go and make that effort, being told you're not needed. Um, it's not that you're not wanted. You're just not needed at this time. Um, of course, I mean, it's kind of hard telling people that, that, you know, you're just going to get in the way. I understand you're trying to help, but you're going to do nothing but make things worse there. Hmm. Um, that can be a hard message to articulate to um, 
much less a, a community or a state, much less a, a whole jurisdiction of the United yeah. States. And so part of our job in the office is to help uh, disseminate that message and information across the Southeast when a disaster happens. So more often than not, folks call, they want to help. They're all very well-meaning, most of them. And um, sometimes we just have to say, it's not the best time to help right now. The best way you mm-hmm. can help is to give money or do something else. We'll let you know when it's the right time to, to go in. Okay. So then once it is the right time to go in and the community reaches out, um, what are next steps? What, what, are, what are the best ways folks can be helpful once, once it's time to help? So, and, and let me, I forgot, let me back up too and say, so disasters are going to happen all the right. time. Um, it's, it's not an if, it's a, it's a when. I mean, so obviously we've just had Harvey Irma's coming up. Uh, what's the next one, the other one that's coming? Uh, is it? Um, so it would be H-I-K-K? Wait, H-I-J-J? There's a J. Hurricane John or Joan. No, it's I want to say it's like name. Juan or something. I don't, I can't. Anyway, we got another one coming after Irma. Which, what kind of a name is Irma? I, I, do you I know fear, any Irmas? I, I do, actually. Really? Yeah, I know one. Jose is the hurricane. Is it really? I think it's Jose. I'm almost certain of that. I thought it was something else. Uh, okay, well. Yep, it's Jose. Irma. Irma, if you're listening, you have a very unique name. You do, and and it, and it is a name that that will ring uh, f- through infamy. Forever. Do you remember? Do you remember a couple months ago there was uh, what was it, Hurricane Donald, and people got upset because they thought um, wasn't that a couple months ago? Wasn't there Hurricane Donald or something like that? I I seem to remember there was something. Maybe there was NPR tweeted out something about, you know, get prepared for Hurricane Donald and got a bunch of hate mail because they thought they were picking on the president or something. Um, instead of, I mean, they, they name hurricanes way before. I mean, it has nothing to do with being topical, I assure you. Because huh. they, they go in alphabetical order every year. They do, year, and right? I think the names are picked out years in advance. Yeah, yeah, It's not like that you go, oh, it's a good It's not like naming a baby. They, you know, anyway. So, um, disasters are going to happen. Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And one of the best things you can do, actually, is just to be prepared. And I'm not just talking about if there's a disaster in your community. If you really want to truly help, then and if you really want to be able to help in the best way you can, one of the best things to do is to get trained ahead of time and to go ahead and have a team formed and have a plan in place if you really, 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 really want to be on the ground, be one of the first outside volunteer teams on the ground to be able to help, do all that stuff ahead of time because what invariably happens is a disaster will strike. Uh, our office and annual conferences, wherever the disasters happen, will get a million phone calls about people wanting to be trained to get ERT training. Um, and so I think after the tornadoes in 2011, North Alabama had something ridiculous like, uh, this isn't the right number, it was like 5,000 ERT people trained, which is ridiculous. It was like more than any, 
you know, any other jurisdiction combined or something ridiculous. Yeah, so I mean, an ERT is emergency response sorry, tra- trainees, yeah. Yeah, and it's just specialized training for, for volunteers to go um, into disaster response areas. Yeah, it's really good training, and it happens through the United Methodist Church, so it's something to look into through your annual conference if uh, you're United Methodist. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I know people want to help, but, but really the the best way to to be one of the first if if you have this impulse of you want to be one of the first teams on the ground when they allow outside teams you really want to get all that stuff sorted out beforehand so one of the you know not only in disaster but but just in in terms of uh, volunteerism and and giving and helping nonprofits in general one of the best and easiest ways is money and it's not something people really like to hear because we don't like talking about money, but often it's the most flexible thing you can get. I mean, it, it meets a lot of needs and it meets them very quickly if uh, the folks who are dealing with a disaster have the flexibility to say, okay, we, we don't need um, uh, uh, 50 pairs of underwear right now. We need, uh, I don't know, what's something else? Uh five bouncy houses right now. And so they have the money <laughs> to go and meet that need immediately rather than waiting on somebody else to respond to meet that need. So money, you know, we don't like talking about money in church, especially. Um, and I know there's a bunch of different nonprofits and organizations competing for our uh, donation dollars, but money is really a great way to help. And um, just to plug UMCOR too, if you're an United Methodist, uh, you can give through the advance, which 100% of your donation will go directly there. There's no administrative cost or, or anything like that. Yeah, and you can um, do that through your local church or at umcor.org. Um, in times of disaster, and if you're talking about money and donations, it's unfortunately often the case that... Um, scam artists and or other pseudo organizations will come out and ask for money on behalf of disaster victims. Um, there was a group that billed themselves as the Crimson Cross instead of the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. And they would solicit donations. And I mean, I, God knows what those went to. Um, I'm sure just straight into somebody's pockets or whatever. Um, but you should always verify, um, you know, the group you're giving to just, don't don't take somebody's word for it. Um, what is that website? Chari- Chari- uh, Charity Tracker or something? Isn't that it? Uh, I think it? that's right. Got uh, Charity Navigator. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so check them out. I'm I'm I don't know much about. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they do a good job. Don't, uh, don't sue Cross? me if they don't. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, Charity Navigator. Oh yeah, no, no. It's helpful. It's helpful. And like the Red Cross is a great organization. The, the reason I always am an advocate for UMCOR, uh, besides the fact that I'm a company person, is uh, is that fact that 100% of all donate... Well, there's two reasons I want to affirm UMCOR. One is that 100% of your donation goes directly to the disaster um, site, right? Like So the administrative costs are paid for by United Methodist Churches. The other thing to affirm... Um, as somebody who's worked in this field generally, and I, I suspect Matt will back me up on this, um, every denomination does good disaster response work. I think that's fair to say. I just think that UMCOR is one of the crown jewels of the United Methodist Church. And my experience of them following a disaster is that they are 
uh, one of the first groups in, and they're almost always the last group out because this is what happens in disasters. Um, as Matt said, when something happens, everybody wants to participate, um, sometimes in helpful ways, sometimes in less helpful ways. But disasters don't get fixed within the window of time that the disaster appears on the news. So the, the issues related to Hurricanes Harvey and Irma are going to last for years. And uh, they'll last for years even though we, as a country, we will have emotionally moved on to something else. Lately, we're moving on emotionally to things every week, um, depending on what has been tweeted that week. But um, UMCOR sticks around and does development work that, that isn't just, let's put plywood on broken windows, but it's let's make sure people get their lives back and have the foundation they need in order to thrive. So I, I'm a huge advocate uh, for UMCOR and pretty unapologetic about that. Today's episode is sponsored by Encore. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which was not paid for out of at, at uh, the money yeah, that yeah, you put in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, uh, particularly with United Methodist, we um, get this image of um, the Committee on Relief Encore coming in in helicopters. I was joking at the beginning of the show. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Encore doesn't have a helicopter. Um, really, I, I think if I could kind of end it on the, a hopeful note here after I said all that stuff about not being helpful, UMCOR is not some detached body from right. the rest of the church. UMCOR is really you. Um, and so when, when folks talk about UMCOR um, and, and UMCOR volunteers, uh, we're talking about people who are coming from local United Methodist churches. This is not just some abstract group who flies in. Um, these are people who live on the ground from local area churches. UMCOR is you. Um, and the same with uh, the the Baptist and the Churches of Christ and the Disciples of Christ. And um, all those organizations, those faith-based organizations, they heavily depend on local church or place of worship, volunteers, and they're not just some entity um, sitting up in a ivory tower waiting for a disaster to happen. It's folks, I mean, it's, it's folks who are in the pews each and every week. And so sometimes when you feel like you're not really doing much, keep in mind, too, that when, when people talk about UMCOR, I mean, you're talking about other United Methodists. You're, you're just, just by being a United Methodist and giving um, something in the offering plate, you are, you are already helping uh, to to create progress in the areas of disaster as well. So um, don't don't feel like you are not doing anything. Um, if often if you're uh, a, a, a member of a faith community, you're already doing something just by virtue of uh, putting something in the offering plate as well. So um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, a, a couple of days ago, uh, we got a call and uh, the office about somebody wanting to um, go into Houston to help with Hurricane Harvey stuff. And he lived in North Carolina, I think it was. And so I, you know, told him they weren't ready to receive volunteers yet, but um, there were still disaster uh, recovery sites in North Carolina that still needed some help. And, and if you, you know, 
those would be great sites for him to, to give us time to, to which he scoffed and hung up the phone. Mm. Um, and so this, um, I don't, what is it about? I mean, it's just the psychology of wanting to be like the first people. Is it just the need to feel important? You think? I don't know uh, what that that impulse no, is. No, I don't think so. Like I, I have a more charitable read, which is, and maybe because I recognize some of this in myself, I think people want to be helpful. I think they want to act. I think they get in situations that are so difficult that they get stuck because they don't know what to do. Um, you know, the, the the world is deeply broken, and I can't fix it on my own. But I can, you know, hop in a car and drive clothes and whatever down to New Orleans, um, and so. I think people just, their, their instincts are to help. And I, I'm supportive of that. I think that's great. Um, but we just don't always think it through. So I, I, I tend to think it comes from a good place. It just needs to come from a place of, of, uh, of a little more robust thought and consideration for the fact that what somebody needs might not actually be what you think they need. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm just, uh, I have a, darker view of humanity than you do. I, 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 <laughs> I think that's probably I just, fair to say. <laughs> I just don't quite, I, I, I just don't quite understand the impulse uh, and to the point where, um, you know, I won't say this guy's name that called him, but like just uh, the need to, to, to say, no, I, my time is best spent going to this disaster, even if it costs me more to get there rather than going 30 miles away from my house to, to, you know, be more helpful at this place. I just, it's very, I mean, I get, I get doing that and not realize you're doing that. But once someone says that, like, not just going, oh, okay, you're right. Or, or I I don't know, maybe I'm just, uh, more down humanity than you. Um, maybe, maybe, um, but yeah, just that impulse to, to be one of the first on the ground. I, and I do think social media hasn't helped that as well. You know, I mean, Oh gosh, pe- people like to show off. I mean, I like, you know what I mean? Like we want to feel important. We want to feel needed. Um, we all have our mommy and daddy issues. And so, um, if we can be one of the star helpers, if we can be one of the first people on the ground, I mean, who, who doesn't like to hear that you're being a helpful, kind, caring person, Right. And so yeah. if you can be one of the first people on the ground and you can share that with your uh, 1,200 friends on Facebook or MySpace or whatever, um, that's still around, right? Uh, MySpace, I guess. Mm. Um, then that's great because you have this great network of people who knows how great of a person you are. Um but that's not, I mean, this is not something you said earlier. I mean, this is not about you at all. Like, what would you feel good if the people that you were going to help still got that help, but you had nothing whatsoever to do with it? And if the answer is no, then um, you need to step back and ask yourself some very serious questions about your motivations. Um, and I won't say that um, it's the majority of calls we receive like that. I mean, it's... Um, again, most people are very well-meaning and they understand and they, they, um, are very polite when we tell them that it's not the best time and they need to wait. Um, it's just that kind of 10% of people who, who get really anxious and wrapped up in going. 
and maybe um, have this need to feel a little more important. By the way, let me say, I I recognize that in myself. I'm not sitting back here sniping at people like, I like being told I do good work and I'm being helpful and I'm important. I think we all do. Um, becoming blinded by the impulse, I think, is is where we get into trouble. And it often happens in disaster areas as well. So let me... What else do you want to talk about here? No, I um, think that's it. I mean, I think just some, some sort of clarity around what people should do right now. Yeah, and and again, just to reiterate this point, and, and again, something you said earlier, um, the best way you can help is just to wait. And six months from now, we will need your help. I mean, a year from now, we will need your help. We are still picking up pieces from other hurricanes and tornadoes. Um, it took, um, I think I think I'm remembering this, it took the tornadoes in Alabama that happened in 2011 that recovery effort didn't kind of get shut down on a large scale until like 2014 or 15. I wow. mean, it was a long time. Yeah. Um, and some of these disasters where it affects just not just one area or one state, but multiple, I mean, it can be um, I mean, sometimes even a few years less than a decade for things to, you know, get, get stabilized again. And so if you really want to help, then, um, Maybe call the recovery effort that is not on TV that morning. Um, maybe if, if you really want to make an impact, um, go check out uh, some of the other areas that need help who maybe aren't getting uh, the screen time um, that uh, a Harvey or an Irma is getting. Um, yeah, and can I say, like, I mean, I feel like as a pastor I would affirm this, that the waiting we're talking about doing isn't, like, inactive waiting. I hope that as you uh, wait to to be needed and as you wait to hear what the specific needs are, like that that you're doing a few things. One is that you're um, praying. I think that's important. Um, I mean, I, I am an advocate of this idea of uh, when you pray, move your feet. But sometimes all you can do is pray. And I think God honors that. I hope that you're in deep prayer for those who are affected by these, uh, by these uh, natural disasters. You can give money to organizations like uh, UMVIM, which you can give at umvim.org, uh, or UMCOR, umcor.org, or another uh, response. Um, and also, what I like, one thing I like about UMCOR is that, that there are hands-on practical ways that if you just really need to do something, um, particularly with all the flooding, you can put together cleaning kits, which are commonly called flood buckets. You can see a list on UMCOR, at umcor.org. Uh, uh, there's there's a list of things that uh, are needed in those buckets. That's particularly a great way to work with children and teach them both about disasters and disaster response, what God would have us do, because it's a very hands-on, hands-on thing. Yeah. That being said, those are great things you can do where you are. Just don't go there uh, to the place of the disaster until you are invited. I want to like reiterate that because you will in ways you don't even understand you'll get in the way and that's not what any of us wants to do in a disaster situation. Yeah, I, I can't reiterate enough how much it it will cause problems if you just show up. I mean, I've seen it firsthand here. 
um, in Alabama and, and in other places. I mean, it just creates this whole other logistics nightmare when you have people standing around looking for things to do. Um, let me say one other thing, too, in terms of uh, both you and I are pastors, and, and this is not just specific to disaster response, but also um, just kind of church life in general, of when, when someone is affected by a disaster or trauma or, or, or um, some sort of negative moment in their life, um, a cleaning bucket, a flood bucket, a donation, I mean, that stuff is not going to make their life whole again. And, and certainly there is nothing, I mean, there's nothing you can do that's going to repair that damage. However, one of the best things you can do is just to sit there and shut up and listen to them. And oftentimes that uh, will do... Um, uh, so much more than uh, removing debris or um, um, trying to to put a house back together. Yeah, um, I want to say that even more strongly. Like, if once you, once you do get into a situation where you're doing uh, disaster recovery work, um, I've seen teams that go to a damaged house where somebody's still living there, and they and they ignore the person because they feel like their job is to fix the house. And th- that's backwards, right? Like your job is to fix the house, but your job first is to honor the person. And uh, uh, otherwise, you're, you're, you're actually hurting that person more uh, at a very vulnerable time. So um, just something to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, they're human beings. So um, Yeah, all uh, of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so really your, your first concern should be for the people, not, not just their house or their stuff. Um, but, but really takes, even if you don't know what to say, even if you're just not good at that, I mean, just, just being there and listening, um, oftentimes, um, and again, that's not just in disaster. I mean, that's in missions and, and, and people who had a death in the family or, or whatever. Um, but it's just good advice all around, particularly in disasters as well. Just, just be there and, and listen and, uh, you really don't have to say much. Um, silence yep. is okay. Um, but just being there is, is a huge help for people sometimes as well. Anything else we, we should talk about here? I mean, no, I could pr- con- probably grow, go on, but I mean. In conclusion, uh, pray. Don't go until you're invited. Give money. Uh, participate in to uh, me. kit. <laughs> Give money to UMCOR and UMVIM. Um, I'll probably participate, just core, but go ahead. <laughs> participate in kit making. Matt, you're not making this easy. I mean, we'll Pro- take your money. Don't don't hear me not saying. I mean, we'll we'll take your money, but if it's for hurricane stuff, we'll just turn it over to Umcore. But anyway, okay. Uh, so, in conclusion, pray, give, uh, participate in kit making, and you can find more information about both of those opportunities at umcore.org. And do not go until you're invited. But when you are invited, get moving, because this is the work of the church. It's one of the best things we've got going for us. And not only is it faithful to the call of God, it's also the best billboard we have. Uh, the church living out its faith uh, is, is the best thing, uh, I think the best witness we have. And so uh, my prayer beyond uh, safety and, and wholeness for those who are affected is that the rest of the church would take this as an opportunity to truly be the church, not as, you know, maybe our instincts would have us be um, in terms of just jumping right in, but 
in terms of what God actually needs, of what the communities actually need, uh, this is this is the, this is our time. And just uh, to add two more things to that list. So listening, you know, just just being yeah. being a presence, um, even if it's just uh, on the phone, or or even if the disaster has happened a year ago, just just listening to stories and, and being there. And uh, the last one is no bouncy houses. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it at that. No bouncy um, houses. Keep keep the horses at home, and uh, you'll be you'll be doing okay. So, uh, do we know no. any? Okay, no. Um, do you want to give out the emails or anything, or just yeah? If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at drushing at decaturfirst.org. And Matt, you are at. Uh, I'll just. Uh, Matt, M-A-T-T underscore Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y at U-M-V-I-M dot O-R-G. And if you're emailing me to ask how you can help, just go to our website first and see if your question is answered before you um, call or or email me. Chances are it will be if you just go to our our website. So anyway, Uh, okay. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, folks. Um, Y'all stay safe out there. Uh, We're grateful to you. Hang in there. Take care. She need to go blow up this bouncy house right quick. So, all right. Thanks. All right. Bye.